Hello, family, and welcome back to the Another Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Stuck. I'm a master wedding photographer based in Oregon State, and I travel all over the world for my couple's weddings. But I'm not going to lie to you guys, this week's episode is a lofty one. I feel like you can tell by the sound of my, or the tone of my voice, but I felt like there wasn't a more perfect time to talk about this because it's like an expansion of last week's episode with a little twist, but I wanted to talk to you guys real quick about the poll that I took on my Instagram story earlier this week. I took a poll asking you guys if your current job is your career or your calling. And the reason I asked this is because if you answer that your current job is your career, not your calling, your career, I want you to listen to the rest of this episode because I genuinely hope that you are the people I reach today. Of course, I hope that regardless of what you answered in that poll, that everyone feels some sort of connection to what I'm going to be sharing. But truly, this one is for all my people who are feeling like their current job or situation is just a career. Today we're talking about taking the leap of faith and pursuing your calling. When and how did you know you're ready to take the leap of faith? What to take into consideration before taking the leap of faith? And deep diving into my story about my journey of when I myself took the leap of faith. Now, this is a topic that is so heavy on my heart because it hits home for me and it took me so long before I took my own leap of faith. Like, I explained in last week's episode, I found my calling very early on, which by the way, I just want to say I'm so grateful to have found my calling when I did because I know that's not usually the case for most people. I've heard so many stories of people who go their whole lives without ever knowing what their life's purpose is, which I think for many people... Hearing that can be both terrifying, but also comforting in the sense where it's validating to know that you don't have to have it all figured out by the time you graduate high school or college and shoot, you don't even have to have it all figured out for a long time. But ultimately, when I finally knew I was ready to pursue my calling and transition out of my eight to five job, it took a lot of courage. And mind you, it was not an easy decision to make in the slightest. Before we start deep diving though, I want to let you all in on something, not to be that astrology bitch, but in all seriousness, I am a tried and true cancer. I'm a super emotional person. I'm very sensitive to expressing emotions is not something I struggle with, but I will say I have struggled very much with being publicly emotional in front of my audience who supports what I do for a living. I get really fearful of being judged sometimes by the community, so Just know it's been really terrifying for a while to now like open up and share all of this, but I'm forcing myself to do this because I know that there is at least one person who will connect with this. And if me opening up and sharing helps even just one person, then that's worth it enough for me. Now, I want to preface this whole conversation by being totally transparent because I'm not going to make you wait until the very end of this episode to give you the answer to the ultimate question of when did you know it was the right time to take the leap of faith and pursue your calling? Because quite honestly, there is no perfect answer. The best answer to the undying question is that there is no perfect time for taking the leap of faith. But sometimes there is an ideal time and each person's ideal time is completely different from the next person's because every individual that has ever taken the leap of faith had a different story or was led down a different path for the most part at least. It's just really a case-by-case situation and the best advice I can give on how to know when your ideal time is is to listen to other people's stories and see what they did 
and didn't do. Take all things into consideration and then use it to your own advantage and take the leap of faith when you know in your gut that it's right for you. Trust me, this is one of those things like the cliche saying, when you know, you know, (laughs) no one can tell you when the perfect time is. You and only you can determine that. Of course, you can listen to people's outside unsolicited and solicited opinions. But at the end of the day, take the leap of faith when it feels right for you. And no one else will ever know when that time is but you. Okay, I'm just going to take a deep breath real quick. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So I was in a series of situations before I took my own leap of faith. So stick with me because I promise everything I'm sharing with you is relevant. It all ties together and everything will make so much more sense if I walk you through everything stage by stage rather than just giving you the spark notes. Because truly, if I were to just give you the spark notes, you guys would probably be so confused because the story has so many twists and turns. It's just You guys would have so many questions because the story is just crazy. So how I got to where I am currently definitely did not happen overnight and it definitely took a lot of time because it wasn't easy for me. For the sake of timeline, we're going to time travel back to 2013. (laughs) If you listened to last week's episode, you know this already, but in case you haven't, here's a quick refresher. Photography started 10 years ago for me. I was living in my hometown in Washington State. My parents had gifted me my first camera for Christmas in 2012. Then in January of 2013, I immediately got started taking photos and actually running a photography business. Now, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I by no means was a professional. I had literally no clue what I was doing. I was only 18 years old at the time, and I had just graduated from high school the summer of the previous year. So at this point in time, I was in my first year of community college taking a full load of credits and juggling three jobs. Yes, three jobs. (laughs) I had one full-time job working at a dental practice and two part-time jobs at two different restaurants. And it was a lot to say the least. So while being a college student and working three jobs, I was also doing photography. Granted, it was on a much more minor scale considering I was brand new to the game, but I was pursuing photography, building a portfolio, and trying to figure it all out because I knew even 10 years ago that this is exactly what I was meant to do. I had found my calling very early on. I just had to figure out how to make it happen. And I know what you're probably thinking, like, how the fuck is this bitch doing all of that at the same time? There's no way. It's physically impossible. Well, quick sidebar. Photography in the Pacific Northwest is very seasonal and weather permitting. It rains like nine months out of the year here, so most photography things really only happen during the summer months. So because of that, it just wasn't really in the cards for me to drop everything, put all my eggs in one basket, and pursue photography fully. I also, at the time, was not shooting weddings yet. I was mostly shooting graduating seniors, engagements, families, and live births. But anyways, I was 18 years old, living with a roommate in our apartment, and I had bills to pay. I had rent, utilities, Wi-Fi, cell phone, car payment, car insurance, gas, food. The list freaking goes on, and I was barely making enough to get by, and it was a really stressful part of my life. I know what you might be thinking, though. Why didn't you live at home? Well, my home situation was a little unique, and that's even more personal, so I won't go 
like too deep into it. But in a nutshell, I moved in with my dad, stepmom, and two younger siblings during my senior year of high school. My relationship with my dad throughout my childhood wasn't typical. I'm really close to my dad's side of the family, though, like my grandparents, all my aunts and uncles, and my cousins, who are basically my siblings. But I've just never really been super close to my dad. And I felt uncomfortable living there. It just wasn't a great time to have entered their household. So ultimately, I decided to move out and I got an apartment with a coworker who I used to work with once upon a time at good old Red Robin, aka the Dirty Bird, because that's what we all called it. (laughs) So having as many financial commitments as I did at that time, there was just no way photography would have covered my cost of living like at all. So the financial aspect combined with not really knowing what I was doing and being so new to photography There was just no way, you guys, okay? Plus, other side note, back in 2013, photography was so vastly different than how it is now. And I feel like I sound like my grandparents saying like, oh, back in my day kind of thing. But really, it's just the truth. There were no photography workshops, mentorships, or online courses that you could take to learn more about photography. It was really just trial and error was all you had to work with, along with maybe some shitty YouTube tutorials. But really, it was more valuable to go out and experience on your own. And like I said, figure it out. Now, fast forward two years, it's now 2015. I was able to quit my two part-time jobs and just work my one full-time job. I was working at a state job for the Division of Child Support in Washington State. Ironic, (laughs) given my whole childhood story, but I was still in college though, doing photography in the summers. Now, having two years of photo experience under my belt, I figured things out a little bit more and was still in no position to go full-time and take that leap of faith. At this point in my life, I had gotten myself into a relationship with someone. We moved into an apartment together, a different place, and we were both just kind of doing life. You know, we were working, being young adults. We had financial commitments, not like any big purchases or anything that we had gotten ourselves into, just the day-to-day monthly bills like rent, utilities, food, gas, car, you know, the grind. But this is where things take a little turn, and I promise it's all relevant, so just stick with me. Anyone who knows me knows that I've always been a dreamer. I've always had big goals and aspirations to go out and get the most that life has to offer. However, the person that I was in a relationship with was the polar opposite. And I didn't fully realize this until much later on. Like I'm talking two years into the relationship. We started dating at a very immature stage. We, it was like 2014 and in about two years into the relationship when we were finally doing, you know, real life together and adulting is when I realized some things about that relationship that I just did not see going in the direction that I had hoped. And I told him about my goals and dreams for the future and not just once, but like several times (laughs) throughout our relationship, I communicated this to him. Every decision that I had been making in life was intentional because of my undying goal of becoming a full-time wedding photographer. I wanted to move out of little old Tumwater, Washington and I experience life in a new city. But this boyfriend couldn't even fathom life beyond our hometown. We just had very opposite life goals for our futures. He wanted what I refer to as the white picket fence life and I didn't. Remember how in last week's episode how I mentioned 
that when I graduated from high school, I wasn't ready to leave town yet, hence why I didn't go away to college. Well, at this point in my life, I was finally ready to go out and have experiences. (laughs) Hashtag late bloomer. (laughs) But in no way am I trying to drag or destroy my ex. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm solely sharing this because it's my story and I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for having gone through all of this. But like I said, though, guys, it's really hard to share this out of fear of how it's going to be perceived, but I'm taking comfort and knowing that I'm not alone. So anyways, I started to become depressed and experienced mental health issues for the first time in my life. However, I did not know or recognize truly what was going on with me because I had never experienced depression before. So looking back, I was definitely going through some depression, but I just didn't know it. I gained about 80 pounds of stress slash relationship weight. I was unrecognizable, and I'm not kidding in the slightest when I say I didn't even recognize myself when I looked in the mirror. I was making good money doing photography over the summers. I had gotten to a point where I had established myself enough where my summers and falls were getting booked with photography sessions, but the money I was making wasn't even going to my savings, nor did I have the opportunity to reinvest the money I was making from photography back into the business. Every penny that I had been making from photography literally went towards my monthly cost of living. And because of the state of my relationship, I was actually forced to acquire a part-time job again in addition to my eight to five combined with what I was making over the summers with photography because the income that my boyfriend was getting was basically nothing. He was making hardly any money at all. He had absolutely no desire to either get a higher paying job or another job. He was perfectly content with where he worked and our lifestyle and good for him. But I, on the other hand, was so not okay with any of it. There came a point in time actually where I finally had a little wake up call that I was so not where I was supposed to be. I knew my calling, but had all these circumstances that were preventing me from pursuing or interfering with my ability to pursue photography. And I was burnt the fuck out from overworking myself, stress, gaining so much extra weight, my shit show of a relationship. I just became so resentful and frustrated that I kind of broke down. And I mean, seriously, like imagine knowing where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing and you literally can't do anything about it because you're trapped in your current situation but pause on this for a moment because I'm gonna circle back to it I mentioned earlier in this conversation that I've always been really close to my dad's side of the family just not so much my dad but my uncle who's my dad's brother has three kids who are my cousins and I was basically his fourth child (laughs) my cousins are more like my siblings they always have been and forever will be I'm the oldest of my actual siblings so my cousins who are all just a handful of years older than me served as the older siblings I never had and honestly they still do (laughs) But the oldest of us is my cousin, a.k.a. brother, a.k.a. Cody. Cody, if you're listening, here's your opportunity to hit the exit button because I really don't want to grow your ego and have to never hear the end of it. So anyways, Cody and I have a lot in common, more than I think we realize sometimes, but we've both always had big goals and aspirations. In fact, we still do. Cody is the hardest working person I've ever known. Anything he wants in life, he works his ass off for, and his grind just doesn't stop. You guys, like the dude seriously has no off switch, but Cody and I have always been really close. 
He would often come home on his college breaks, stay with me while I was living at home with my parents. We would stay up all night watching random documentaries about mermaids, aliens, the pyramids, and make 3 a.m. sandwiches and talk about our futures. But I always loved talking with Cody about the future because he was really the only person who ever made me feel like my dreams were possible. He always made me feel so valid and hopeful and gave me the confidence boost I always needed that I never got from anyone else. This is some sidebar, but it's also relevant. And just want you guys to know, I come from a family of people who are all very practical-minded individuals. All four of my parents, my grandparents, all of my aunts and uncles, they all have stable lives and stable jobs with stable income, retirement funds, PTO, benefits, you know, all the things. And because this is the family I'm surrounded by, they all had a really difficult time processing the fact that having a creative job can support you financially. Whenever I talked to them about pursuing photography, their follow-up comments always consisted of, okay, yeah, but what's your real job going to be? Or that's a good side hustle, but you still have to have a real job. And thankfully, <laughs> we've come a long way. They've actually become more understanding over the years as time has gone on. But sometimes some of them still have a hard time grasping the concept of what I do for a living. Those conversations are always a fucking trip. The generational gap is wild, you guys. <laughs> but thankfully, all four of my parents have grown to be extremely supportive. In fact, they're my number one fans and I'm so grateful that they've developed not only such a strong support to what I do, but an interest for it as well. So circling back to me and my shitty relationship and apartment trying to figure my life out. <laughs> I got to a point in my life while doing all the daily BS, working all these jobs, I finally realized that something needed to give. And the most sensible thing to do was dump the boyfriend because that was at a dead end. If anything, the relationship was the thing that was burning me out the most and causing the most stress. So long story short, dumped him. He moved out. And not much longer after that, I was able to quit my part-time job at the tanning salon and direct more of my focus to my eight to five and photography, but barely. <laughs> I was still doing senior shoots, engagements, families, and whatnot. I wasn't shooting weddings quite yet, but that happens really soon though, so stick with me. But anyways, I started working out as one does during a breakup, I eventually lost about 40 pounds. I'm not 100% on the time frame, but I want to say around a year went by. And bitch, I was hustling, working hard for my goals. I was starving for it. And I guess it's safe to say I was working my physical and literal ass off. But then something happened. Towards the end of that year, a boy named Jake Stuck came along who eventually became my husband. Ow, ow! But Jake and I started talking, as the kids call it. He was active duty military at the time and was stationed in southern New Mexico. We were strictly a long distance relationship and were surviving off of phone calls. And after just two weeks, man, I felt myself get the feels, you guys. <laughs> but I stayed strong because my ass wasn't playing around. I straight up told him, I'm not going to be the girl you come home to on leave if you're picking up what I'm putting down. And then that be it. I was all about intentional dating. I knew what I wanted and I knew what I deserved. I had my goals and I was not letting any of it out of my sight. So I basically told Jake, you either got to get with it or you got to get the fuck out. <laughs> and I must say he chose wisely because look at us now, five years into marriage, baby. But anyways, we decided to commit to pursuing each other and do the long distance thing. 
I think what made me fall for Jake so easily and so quickly was because of how supportive he was of my dreams and my goals. He wanted those things for me equally as badly as I wanted them for myself. He was on my team and in my corner and genuinely wanted to see me win. He dreamt with me and we just connected on such a deep level that I had never connected on with someone else before. Everything with Jake was so easy and I just, I can't even describe it, but it was different though. So after some time of dating Jake long distance, I had a little breakdown, but not to him, to Cody. (laughs) You see, after Cody graduated college, he decided to move to Los Angeles and pursue his dreams. And during that little breakdown, I called Cody and told him, I know I just want to do photography. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm sick of Tumwater. I hate my eight to five job. I want to come to LA. And without hesitation, he said something along the lines of, I got you. Move to LA, live with me, and let's get it. (laughs) So that's exactly what I did. I made the decision. I told my parents I was moving to LA. Their reaction was a reaction, to say the least. But in a matter of weeks, I quit my job, sold and got rid of everything in my apartment, jam-packed with everything I could possibly fit. Jake then flew into the Portland airport, and I picked him up along the way, and we road tripped together down to LA. It was so fun. I remember feeling so much freedom. I finally felt like for the first time ever, I was living my life for me. And holy shit, it felt so good. After about a week, Jake left to go back to New Mexico. I was so sad, but we parted ways and then the work began. While I was living in LA, I finally decided it was time to upgrade my camera gear. Given that I was still working on my very first camera ever, I used that shit until I physically couldn't use it anymore. (laughs) I ended up buying a secondhand camera I bought off of OfferUp in LA. It was a Canon 5D and no, not a 5D Mark III or Mark IV, just a 5D. (laughs) All my photography people will understand that. But I did some work with it while living in LA, but really I had to start getting settled. I had to find a job so that I could get some income to support myself living in the most expensive place on the West Coast, LOL to that. But I was determined to make it work. So I did what I had to do. I tried working a couple different jobs. I was doing the day-to-day, but I wasn't really happy. I also wasn't making very much money, so I would book photography work in Washington and then use part of the money I was making to cover my plane ticket and then pocket the rest to help cover my cost of living in LA. I did this for several months, but eventually got really exhausted traveling to just work in Washington. In fact, it actually made me miss my family that much more. Jake and I were still doing long distance. There were several times where we would fly back and forth to visit each other for short three-day weekends, about once a month, once every other month, something like that. But that got really depressing really quick because every time we had to say goodbye to each other, it got harder and harder. It never made a negative impact on our relationship, but it always was just really emotional having to say bye because we wanted to be together so badly but eventually I broke down and had to just be super honest with him I was sitting in my car in LA while I was on my way to work I had called Jake to tell him that I was depressed I hated living in LA things were not at all what I had hoped they would be I mean things were amazing at first like the honeymoon stage until that exhausts itself and you're doing real day life day in and day out but I felt so lonely. In fact, I was the loneliest I've ever felt in my entire life. I would cry in my car like every single day and I was hiding it from Cody because I didn't want him to know how depressed I was. 
But you guys, I was done. I was so done with LA. It just sucked the life out of me. And I missed my family constantly. I missed Jake constantly too. I felt like the second I got off the high of being in a new place, reality really sunk in and I realized that this is not at all what I had hoped it would be. If anything, I felt like I was actually back to square one with wanting to pursue my calling, aka photography, and I couldn't because I had gotten myself stuck into a situation in LA where I had no support, no money, and was just trying to survive there. I had originally moved to LA with full intentions to pursue photography and take the leap of faith, but what I had to take into consideration was that I needed to have income to support myself. I wasn't established in LA with photography at all. I had zero clientele there. No one knew who I was. So essentially, I was relocating my business from one state to another. I was trying to start my business in a new state where not only did I know absolutely no one, but I had absolutely no money either. Again, because I had to pay bills in LA, hence why I became so depressed all over again. I felt like Just when I had finally made all these strides, gotten out of my hometown, started pursuing my dreams, it was like I actually took 10 steps backwards. And let me just say, I was very aware of the fact that in order for me to pursue photography, I had to have the income to support myself while I was getting myself established because photography is expensive in so many ways. And in order to establish myself, I had to do a lot of freelance work where I wasn't getting paid. I had no choice but to do so because there was no way I was going to make any sort of profit off of a business that no one knows about. So I tried my damnedest to do free shoots in LA, but it just did not work out because I was trying so hard to make money just to buy myself food and put gas in my car. The struggle was so real, you guys. And then one night, Around 2 a.m., I got a phone call from Jake. He called me and told me that he just didn't want to do long distance anymore. He wanted to be together, but that the only way it was going to be possible was if we got married. And then I could move to New Mexico and be with him. During this conversation, I sat outside Cody's apartment on the staircase in the dark, looking at the stars. I just listened to Jake talk, and without hesitation... I said yes. I knew in my heart that this was the best decision for us. It was perfect timing. It was the easiest decision I've ever made. And it was also the best decision I've ever made. So I packed my shit, sold my car in LA, bought a one-way plane ticket to Seattle, and flew home to Washington temporarily for just a few months. But I'm saving the rest of this story for a future episode because you guys will love this one. (laughs) But ultimately, after that few months, Jake and I got married and I moved to New Mexico with my backpack, my camera bag, and my duffel bag because that's all I had to my name. So now I'm living in New Mexico with my husband. So crazy. Holy shit. It's February of 2018 and we're getting settled in. We're finally doing life together. And Jake knew and has always been so supportive of me pursuing photography. So when I got to New Mexico, he was eager to help me get started too. And I started reaching out actually to other military couples that were stationed in our area and building a little portfolio for myself. And I'm not going to lie, I did a pretty damn good job building a name for myself in such a random place. And I got to meet several couples, all great people who were in love with my work. They also loved me too, which I remember made me feel so good. 
Now, Jake is actually the person who gave me some of the best life advice I've ever received, and that is that the best investment you'll ever make is in yourself. So knowing this and having his support, I knew what I wanted to do, but we really just couldn't swing it financially. So you guys already knew what that meant. I had to start the job hunt so I could do the adult things. I ended up getting a state job as a paralegal at the district attorney's office. It was so random, but I loved the job itself. It was so interesting, and it was actually a whirlwind of emotions on a daily basis. I saw some really terrifying things, and it was emotionally just a really tough job, especially given the fact that I'm an emotional person, but I really did genuinely love the job itself. Now, the people, however... I won't even go there. Just know that they all sucked, <laughs> to put it bluntly. But it was the first time I had ever experienced workplace bullying. It was so terrible that I eventually developed anxiety and experienced real anxiety, which I had never experienced before. And it wasn't good, you guys. I mean that with every piece of my being, things were really not good. It was terrible, and it got so bad to the point where Jake finally sat me down and said, quit your job. This is not worth it. Which for him to say something like that, being that he's a very like practical, logical, level-headed person, he was so not the kind of person to advise quitting your job and losing out on that income. But ultimately for him to say something like that, that's how you know it's bad. <laughs> but I tolerated and worked at this job for about a year and a half. I was working that job and doing photography on the side it was with every single shoot that I just so badly wished I could take the leap of faith. But eventually I got asked to shoot my first elopement, which was quite possibly the most incredible experience ever. I had the best time doing it and was more motivated than I already was to take the leap of faith. I was randomly scrolling on Instagram one day when I came across a photographer's story of her talking about this exact topic. She was talking about taking the leap of faith, and to be honest, you guys, her advice was not great. She basically said that, you just have to take the risk. Do it. You'll make it work. Trust me. When you're struggling, you'll do whatever it takes, whatever you have to do to just make it happen. And while that may have worked for her, and it may have worked for others, it sure as hell was not going to work for me, <laughs> but it ended up being just perfect timing because, of course, towards the end of 2018, we got the worst news that every military family dreads. Jake received orders for a deployment. I was hysterical. I called my mom. I absolutely lost it. Puts tears in my eyes just thinking about it all over again. It was a very, very emotional thing to go through, but I was trying so hard to be strong in front of Jake because I knew he wasn't excited at all about going on a deployment, and I didn't want to stress him out more by being emotional in front of him, so I just kind of bottled it, which is not typical for me specifically, <laughs> but then my anxiety, of course, shot through the roof, and I ended up having to quit my job because before Jake set off to his deployment, we made the decision to move me and our dog home to the Pacific Northwest. We decided that we both didn't want me living in New Mexico by myself, and we both didn't really want me to be in Washington because I truthfully didn't want to be there, but Oregon became our place because Jake's entire family lives here, and you bet my ass I was not going back to Olympia. Oh, hell nah. <laughs> So we road tripped myself and our dog to Oregon. Jake and I got to spend our last two weeks together before being apart for a total of eight months. 
And after he left, I started a new job working in Portland as a paralegal. That job was also a shit show. And there's a long ass, boring ass story as to what was going on in that department. But I'll spare you. (laughs) Just know it was a madhouse. Employees were quitting left and right and they just couldn't keep anyone staffed. It was simply not a good time. But the stress had piled on. And I had found myself constantly finding myself in these repeat situations. I began to notice a pattern and I realized that history kept repeating itself and that every new job I kept taking, things were going wrong. The environment was toxic. The people were toxic. Just something was always wrong and it was never just meant to be. But I knew all along that it wasn't working out. Because it wasn't meant to be. It was all shitty for a reason because it was that whisper of my calling that I mentioned back in episode one telling me where I was supposed to be. Things weren't working out because the universe was pushing me out of the direction I was going and trying to redirect me where I was supposed to be. So I told Jake on one of the handful of phone calls that we got that my job was no bueno and that I was back on the hunt. But I told him that I wanted to just do photography and he was like, I really want you to do it too, but we have these financial goals that we're supposed to be working towards while I'm gone. And I was like, ugh, I know, but come on, dude, please just get on board. (laughs) So long story short, He wasn't on board quite yet, but not because he doubted me or my ability to actually pursue it. We were both just waiting for that ideal time. So my in-laws even sat me down at one point and said, we think you should just do photography. You're so talented. You're young. This is the perfect time for you to get going on it. Jake's gone and you guys have the finances to make it work. You can totally do it. And I don't know why, but for some reason... Hearing their support combined with Jake's is what made me finally take the leap of faith. My in-laws even went to the lengths of offering to pay for whatever I needed them to to help get me started. They're by, I just want to let you guys know, they're literally the best people ever, I swear. My own parents had never even offered something like that before or said those words to me. So I had been following this photographer, you know, on Instagram for several years and one day I just so happened to be scrolling on the news feed after that conversation took place when I came across her post about doing a workshop and I wanted to do it so bad because I knew how valuable it would be to me and I admired her so much. I knew how talented she was and I knew that the advice that she was going to be able to give me plus the resources she was going to be able to give me was just going to do wonders. So I looked at all the info. I told Jake about it. I told my in-laws about it and without hesitation. They offered to front me the money so that I I could take the workshop. Now, I didn't love that idea, but it was really my only option. So I took their generous offer and I enrolled in the workshop. After signing up, I met that photographer for a consultation just to meet in person, discuss where I was at. And I told her I was still working a full-time job, but that I wanted to make the transition. I just wasn't quite ready to do it yet. And I remember asking her what her advice was. And I'm really grateful for her response because it was very thoughtful and genuine. So during our conversation, she mentioned to me that it was so true. In order for me to fully pursue photography, I needed to have full-time time to dedicate to it. She went on to say that she wouldn't recommend just upping and quitting my full-time job if it wasn't good timing, but that eventually, in order for me to really pursue 
I was going to have to quit my job. And me already knowing this, all that conversation did was validate me that much more that I knew my gut was right. I just had to take the plunge, but it would be a huge risk given mine and Jake's situation. I wanted to take into consideration our financial goals and our future together. Him being deployed was really stressful on us emotionally, and I just didn't want to intensify that stress by adding the stress of quitting my job. However, I did quit that job in Portland and found a new job working for a private lawyer slightly closer to where I was living. And it was really nice having a shorter commute, not going to lie. But then, of fucking course, things started going south with that job too. And you guys... I was checked the fuck out. I was so over job hopping around, especially because I knew what I wanted to do the whole time. I just kept wasting more and more time because I kept waiting to have more money in our bank accounts or again, that perfect timing. But there was something that happened at that job that I cannot disclose for legal reasons, but I communicated with Jake what had happened. And then I finally just said, babe, I need you to trust me. I know in my heart that I can make photography work. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I know I can do it. And I just need you to give me your support and let me take this risk. I could tell he was very nervous, (laughs) but he said, okay, I believe in you. Go for it. So I told my in-laws what had happened at work and my mother-in-law going full mama bear mode told me, you're not going back there. We're done with that place. So I quit. I sent in my resignation letter and closed the final chapter on that era of my life. And I was in the middle of doing the workshop at that time. It was all online courses and self-paced, which was so perfect for the timing that I had had. It was just very, very convenient. But I was very ready for whatever was going to come my way and determined to make this work. And I'm so glad and grateful and appreciative for all the support that I had. So now that you've heard my entire life story, (laughs) you can see that I was very aware the entire time that I had to be able to take care of myself. And it took so many years to finally go full time with photography and really dive in taking that leap of faith because the whole time I really valued stability, security, and safety. For me, it wasn't in the cards to just drop everything and go for it. Doing that would have been so damaging and I don't even know, nor do I want to know what would have happened if I did. And as much as I would have loved to do that, it just wasn't an option. I just couldn't risk not paying my bills and gambling, not having a roof over my head, food in my stomach, gas in my car to get from A to B. Just being able to take care of myself was my biggest priority all along. And then eventually when I got married, taking care of my household with my husband was my biggest priority. So my best piece of advice to you in taking the leap of faith, if you haven't already done so, is that when you feel it's the right time, you'll know. Trust me, before you take your leap of faith, sit down with yourself and take into consideration what you need to do to be able to go full-time with whatever your calling is. Then be intentional about every decision you make leading up to taking the leap of faith. Intentional decision-making is something that will actually set you further ahead, and that is a promise. Taking the leap of faith is terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you, but I can promise you with my whole heart that it'll be the best decision you ever make. I hope 
that now knowing my story and all that I went through to get here inspires you to start pursuing. If you need that push to take the leap of faith, do it. But do it when it feels right for you and take all necessary factors into consideration before doing so. Because everyone is different. Different stories, different circumstances. And if my story isn't a shining example (laughs) and prove that, I don't know what does. Had I listened to that one random photographer's Instagram story saying, you just got to do it. Make it work. Trust me. I truly don't even know what would have happened. And I'm just so glad that I waited I waited a long fucking time, like seven years before I took my own leap of faith. But that seven years taught me so much in that in its own made it worth the wait. Getting to experience all the highs and lows, I learned so much about myself and what I'm capable of and beyond. This really is a matter of going with your gut and trusting the process. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and add the Another Wedding Podcast to your podcast library to get notified when new episodes are live. For more updates about the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Another Wedding Podcast. You can also email us at anotherweddingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find my photography business on Instagram at Taylor Stuck. If you're looking to book with me, you can visit my website at www.taylorstuck.com to check out my work, get more information, and submit an inquiry. But anyways, thanks again for listening, and I'll catch up with you guys on the next one. Bye!